I, you may have been severely undermanned on Tuesday, but that did not stop them from getting a big win over Elon. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rood. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day, including this Wednesday morning, afternoon, evening, whenever that may be. IU took on Elon on Tuesday night. I was going to come up with some jokes about it, but I'm sure you've heard Plenty of them in the last 12, 24 hours. They did not have Xavier Johnson, which we knew about. Trace Jackson Davis sat this one out. Jordan Geronimo was not available. Ultimately, as we said in yesterday's episode, Elon is a very bad team. And IU did not need any of them to come away with a uh, definitive victory. It was one that featured a slow start. We'll kind of talk about that. It's hard to hold that against them too much on... On Tuesday, even as uh, frustrated as I have been with this team, I'll give him a little bit of a pass on that one. Let's talk the injuries for a second. Xavier Johnson, uh, the day previously said was Wednesday. Today, when he would get evaluated, we'll see if we find out any news. We can talk about that in tomorrow's show, potentially. Jordan Geronimo, he was not announced as out before the game, but Uh, Geronimo had a dislocated finger. Uh, He told Mike Woodson before the game he could not go. It's going to be a pain tolerance thing, it sounds like. So we'll see how much he is able to do. I believe it was his left hand. You could see it was pretty heavily taped up on the bench. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Woodson had the quote. uh, Trace went a little yesterday, but then he had to. He backed off, and we decided to just hold him out, Woodson added. I don't know if he'll play on Friday or not as well. I can tell you early on right now, I don't know that I would play him Friday because if you do not play him Friday, IU does not play again until January 5th. And that is a very long time that you can have Trace rest up because at that point you're starting Big Ten play and there is no rest once Big Ten play starts. So I would be perfectly fine if he did not play on Friday. But... Let's talk about the guys that did play, because there were some positive takeaways from this one. Three different players had career highs on the night. Jalen Huchifino, 17 points on 7 of 12 shooting, had 7 assists, 5 turnovers that I think are going to make Mike Woodson upset. Some of them a little bit careless. Sometimes he's doing a little bit too much, but you kind of expect that with a freshman. But still, career high for him. CJ Gunn, we mentioned if he would be someone that would step into the rotation now that uh, Xavier Johnson was down. He did. I thought he looked decent uh, on both sides of the floor. Mike Woodson talked about needing him to play better defensively, which is fine, but I I still thought he had some moments. He had 11 points on 5 of 10 shooting, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, did have 4 fouls in 19 minutes, so he was racking them up, but... Still was impressed with his performance. Um, Logan Duncan was the guy. Him and Caleb Banks kind of split 
the minutes that typically would have gone to Jordan Geronimo, at least early on. Duncan had 10 points, five rebounds, uh, two assists, and a block. His best sequence of the night featured him getting a putback layup, racing down court, getting a block on the other end, and then coming back down. I believe he drew a foul. He went 0 of 3 at the line, but Mike Woodson spoke after the game. I guess he has some, like, I don't know if it's an injury or general health issues that have kept him off the court, uh, but he hasn't been able to be on the court. I don't know how much they would have played him anyway, but he was able to play on Tuesday and took advantage of it. And I mean, you can see why there was so much sudden buzz about him in the preseason. We'll see. I ultimately don't think his role is going to really expand this season, barring him stepping in for injury like he did tonight or foul trouble. But that is a serviceable big man to have as your, I guess, I guess fifth option for the Hoosiers um, on Tuesday night. But those three all had career high nights. Race Thompson, 18 points, 11 rebounds, four blocks, and assists. This is the type of night when you're really happy you have race around. Obviously, against Elon, it's not going to take a lot to uh, to beat them. But Race, I thought, played really well, especially in the first half. He uh, He kind of steadied IU a bit. They were able to play a smaller lineup around him, and IU was able to get out and get in transition, which is something we can probably talk about. I don't know that we'll have time to talk about it today, but IU looked a lot more comfortable playing in transition than they did in the half court. Again, it's Elon. There's only so much you can take away from that, but there's probably a a decent point to be made about whether this team should be trying to get out and go a little bit more than they have been this season. Race, though, was great. Had a huge highlight dunk. Uh, These are also the types of games where you realize how talented he is, especially as a a post player, and and you realize the backseat he takes to help the team succeed. You love those types of guys. Miller Kopp was in double figures. He did uh, most of his scoring, 10 of his 13 points in the first half. And that's it. That's your guys in double figures. Malik Renault had nine points. Caleb Banks had eight. Tamar Bates had eight. I want to talk more about Tamar Bates here in a minute, but the freshman in Duncan, I think, really came in and set the tone. The freshman being CJ Gunn, uh, Caleb Banks, Logan Duncan, to some extent, Jalen. Uh, Mike Woodson had the quote afterwards, quote, some of our guys are not playing hard enough. That's my job to get them to play hard. I thought those other guys coming in and kind of setting a tone really was noticeable on the night because IU looked a little sluggish and they had their typical really slow start. That wasn't great. The Elon kind of hung around for a while and eventually IU went on a big run to, to put distance in this, but in that regard, IU didn't really do anything different in terms of actually having a fast start. Uh, again, IU looked like a team that didn't have its point guard, didn't have its best player, its two best players. Uh, they were missing three rotation players on the night. Not going to be too harsh on them in this one. It was a slow start, but honestly, it's hard to kind of judge most of the talking points we had from yesterday's show. One of them I do want to touch on, though, is Tamar Bates. I didn't really talk about him. Thought he played well, largely speaking, on Tuesday. And I, I want to talk about the fact that I think he probably should be in the 
the starting lineup and why I, why I feel that way. We'll talk about him and what role he could play with the starters. First, though, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season, basketball. World Cup might be over, but the soccer leagues are kicking back off once again. If you love sports podcasts, you can find these also on BetOnline as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Big thanks to all you guys who made, or who make, I should say, Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day, including today. For your second listen today, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's available on this app, on YouTube, wherever you guys are listening to us at. That podcast is also available. I use starting lineup. Again, not a, a ton you can put into it, but they did roll out. Jalen Huchifino, Trey Galloway, Miller Cop, uh, Malik Renew, and Race Thompson. The Trey Galloway part is the one I want to talk about. Because I think Tamar Bates should have that starting spot. Uh, The two played similar minutes. Tamar played 22. Trey played 21. While Trey had a marginally better plus minus. Again, in a game you win by uh, 24 points and you were leading by 30. I'm not going to put a ton into the plus minus on that one. But Trey had the better plus minus. Tamar had the better shooting night. He was 3 of 3 from the field. 2 of 2 from 3. Had four rebounds, had an assist. He did have four fouls, uh, but he had a couple of steals in there as well. Trey can be a great energy guy, and we've talked a ton about the type of role he can play in a team. And he can still be that guy for this IU team. But I think what this starting lineup is going to need with Xavier Johnson out are things that Tamar Bates can provide, not things that Trey Galloway can provide. For one, Tamar is a better shooter, a better scorer. Uh, a more confident one, certainly, and has that going for him of late. So, if nothing else, having the ability to f- space the floor a little bit more is something that um, I think helps this offense. On the season, he is shooting, Tamar is, 41.5% from the three-point line. Uh, he's 40, 51.4% from the field. So, there's been a couple rough outings he wasn't great necessarily in the Kansas game, but he is kind of turning things around. And I know a lot of people tabbed him for a breakout season. He's having something kind of close to that. Maybe not statistically at 8.5 points. You might have wanted a little bit more, but I he's definitely taken a step forward this season over last. And like I said, now that, Xavier Johnson's out. I think this starting lineup needs someone like Tamar in it. IU, the only people that can really create shots on the perimeter for IU are Jay, now that Xavier's out are Jalen Hood Shafino and Tamar Bates. Tamar might not be great at it for other people, but the fact he can get his own shot is going to be valuable or is valuable and is something that defenses have to respect 
I use offense has worked really well with Xavier and Jalen because there's multiple guys you worry about on the perimeter getting by you, getting to the rim, things like that. When you put Trey Galloway out there, I don't think defenses respect him in that way. He's been a better three-point shooter, certainly, this season. 42.9%, but it's only on 14 attempts. Tamar Bates is 41.5% or 5% on 41 attempts, so a much higher volume there. I don't think defenses are treating them the same way, so it leads to a more clogged paint. It leads to more um, defenses just not really paying attention to those types of guys. I would argue probably the, the biggest reason you have Trey out there instead of Tamar is defensively, and that's a very fair argument. Trey is probably the best perimeter fender Indiana has. I think Jalen's up there as well, but Trey and Jalen are probably your best defender duo on the perimeter. So starting those two makes sense. But I think I use offense is a bigger issue right now. They don't look great. Uh, I, I don't want to put too much into it again on Tuesday's game, but you can look at good chunks of the Kansas game and the Arizona game and see that the offense is a bit of a mess. I think if you have Jalen and Tamar out there, that's the closest you're going to get to replicating guys who I didn't really finish that point earlier with Jalen and Xavier. You have guys that the defense has to be aware of getting to the rim and driving and creating. And that's also kind of a big difference between this year's team and last year's team. Last year it was Xavier was the only guy who could do it. Parker Stewart was running around screens. Miller cop wasn't really a threat last year. And then race and trace were on the interior. So it wasn't this offense that meshed really well this season. You've had, Xavier and Jalen, both guys who can create and get to the rim and defenses have to be aware of where they're at because they'll take advantage of you if you have a slip up. Obviously, Miller cop shooting as well as he did helps, but I think that's kind of connected. Having guys that defenses have to be aware of and that can break down the defense has led to, I think, more spot up opportunities for Miller cop this season, who is absolutely lights out. 45.9% on 61 attempts. He is as good as you could realistically hope him to be this season. If that's going to continue, I think the best way to do that is have Tamar Bates in the starting lineup alongside Jalen Hood Shafino and see what those two can do together. It's a grouping that I don't know how much they've really played together. IU's going to have to go to a lot of lineups, though, that, that haven't really played together uh, in uh, this season because Xavier was such a focal point of this team. But if you're looking at how Tamar Bates has been, he's if we look at the, the Evan Mia stats and the adjusted efficiency margin, he's all over the place when you look at the most efficient lineups. A lot of them include Tamar Bates, the best two-man lineup with a minimum of 40 possessions is Tamar Bates with CJ Gunn. That's a very small sample size. It is literally 40 possessions. But Tamar and Jordan Geronimo are sixth. Tamar and Malik are eighth. Tamar and Xavier are ninth. And Tamar and Jalen Hood Shafino are 13th. Still a very productive 
two-man pairing. Five-man lineup that features basically Tamar and Xavier Spot. I don't know that it honestly has happened. And if it has, it would be on very low volume. If you just simply look at the most efficient lineup this season, though, no minimum possessions. If you're simply the most efficient lineups, five-man lineups, no minimum possessions. The top three all have Tamar Bates. Six of the top seven have Tamar Bates. Nine of the top ten have Tamar Bates. He is all over the place when you look at these lineups. The closest version you're probably going to get is Tamar and Jalen's spot, which has played uh, 25 possessions, and or excuse me, 15 possessions, and is the seventh most productive lineup IU has played. Again, it's not a lineup that has a, a ton of minutes with it, but you do have a Tamar, Jalen, Miller, Race, and Trace lineup. Has played 24 possessions and a 30.1 adjusted efficiency margin, which if we set it a minimum of 20 possessions, that's going to be one of the best ones. Uh, minimum 20 possessions, it's the second best lineup behind um, another Tamar lineup. So Tamar Bates is all over the place when you look at the best and most efficient lineups this season. It's not a coincidence, I don't think. I think Tamar has been pretty good this season. He looks a lot more confident. There's times that he might be a little too confident, but I I think that has been one of the biggest differences for him is just the confidence he has. One last thing of note, not really a ton you can take away from it, but after the game, uh, apparently the very first thing Mike Woodson said to Don Fisher was, Quote, I've got to figure out Malik. He only got 15 minutes. Malik started. He had 9.7 rebounds, uh, 3,003 turnovers, but he only played 15 minutes, as uh, Woodson said. It's been this kind of weird area, weird spot Malik's been in, uh, this, this kind of stretch of games in which he was really good out of the start. Feels like defenses have adjusted to him. And IU is struggling to figure out how to get him to back to being the impactful self he was early in the season. It's something Woodson's talked about a number of times. It seems like something that they want to try to figure out. It's just a matter of actually figuring it out. So we'll see if he's able to stay on the court. I mean, part of it has been foul trouble. Malik has done himself no favors at times in that as well. IU probably needs to to figure out a way to get him on the court more. So we'll see if they're able to do that moving forward. Friday, obviously, being the next game. Women's team is in action. Maybe right now as you're listening to this, a, a really odd midday game for this one. We'll talk about that. What Butler has in store for them today here in just a moment. Women's basketball team looking to move to 12 and 0 on today Wednesday with a 1 p.m. tip off against Butler. I'm not really sure why it is a 1 p.m. tip off, but who doesn't love a little afternoon college basketball, I guess. It's in Assembly Hall. It's on Big 10 Network. If you guys are off for school, head on over to Assembly Hall 
I I don't imagine it's going to be too busy. You can get some really good seats this afternoon. But hell, by the time you're listening to this, it might be too late. You might have already missed the game. Hopefully you have not. If so, you can still turn it on on BTN+. IU has dominated the series. This is the 10th matchup. And the previous nine, IU is 8-1. The only loss came in 2012-2013 season. They lost by three in Hinkle Fieldhouse. IU is undefeated against them at home. Last year's game came to open the season. And it was a game that featured... Nicole Cardano-Hillary catching fire from three and leading IU to a win. It was one of the best three-point shooting games the team had last season. And it pales in comparison to what IU has done this season. Obviously, the biggest one of the biggest difference between uh, the last two teams has been the way the offenses work. But last year, IU won 86-63 in Hinkle Fieldhouse. Nicole Cardano-Hillary was 11 of 12 from the field, 7 of 8 from three. 29 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. The best game she had all season last year, statistically, uh, was that season opener. This Butler team, uh, an interesting one. They're 5-6 and six on the season, 0-3 oh in the conference in the Big East. A brutal conference for Butler to have to play in on the women's side. There aren't The only common opponent is Illinois. That's a good Illinois team that is being built over there. IU survived against them uh, a couple weeks ago. Survived against them and barely made it out of that one alive. And Butler only lost to them on uh, last Sunday, 65-63 to in Hinkle Fieldhouse. So this team is capable of playing to that level. Their more recent game was this Sunday, this past one. They lost to a Marquette team that was receiving votes by 21 points. So you can see the variance there. It's a game IU is going to have to obviously come out for. If they're not playing focused, it, it could turn into something interesting. But as long as IU comes out focused, which has not been a problem for this IU women's team, the IU men's team might get off to slow starts and be frustrating. The women's team will just come out and bury you from the start. I would, I, like I said the other day, ranting about, uh, not even a rant, I feel it was justified, talking about the women's team. They're everything that you guys get frustrated, the men's team is not. I know I'm pe- preaching to the choir uh, on some of this, but just, I beg, go watch the women's team. They're, they stayed in the same spot in the rankings, number three, number four with Ohio State. Uh, they're fourth in one poll, I think the AP poll, third in the coaches poll. Ohio State is flipped with them in both polls. Go watch them. They're one of the best teams in the country. Last thing on this Butler team, statistically, Rachel Micklemore, excuse me, is the leading scorer at 11.5 points. Sydney Janes is at 10.7 points, pulls down five rebounds a game. Jessica Carruthers at 9.7 points. And Anna Mortag at 8.8 points are your four leading scores. It's not an offense that puts up a lot of points, averaging 65 a game. If IU makes this a track meet, I don't think Butler is going to keep up with them. It, it might get out of hand pretty quickly in this one. I'm excited every game to watch IU play. Mackenzie Holmes, she, she's capable 
at any point of having a huge game, this could be the one. So be sure you guys tune in, see if McKenzie goes off in this one. Thanks again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the women's game, talk a little bit more about the men's team, and then they have a game again on Friday as well. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review. All of that great stuff. Most importantly though, guys, hope you have a great Wednesday. We're inching closer and closer to the holiday season. Hope you guys are as festive as you can be. But most importantly, everyone, LEO.